Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com/aware. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. All of you have been sending me questions all week about this South Sydney Rabbitohs situation, uh, and I thought I'd just let it play out for a couple of days before I gave my thoughts on it. Um, and look, I will open up by saying this. I, um, I have had many conversations with many players over the last two or three years, uh, some in particular that... You know, text messages and leaked group chats and all this stuff gets sent around, and we all we all take what's being said as you know complete and utter fact. Uh, we all talk about it like it's all an exact science and it's an exact truth, uh, and then we sort of get the real story comes out within a few months or it sort of passes by, and no one ever really sort of takes accountability for that sort of stuff that's been spread around. And you know, I've seen that text that is going around and whatnot, which I'm sure you all have. It's in just about every group chat I'm in. It's in a lot of Facebook groups uh, that I in as well. I have seen it everywhere and still to this day, um, I had two people send it to me this morning and say to me, hey mate, keep this between you and me, but here's some inside information. Um, so, you know, people obviously get sent this by other people and think that they have got the inside word on everything that's going on. Uh, and, you know, we see this in rugby league a lot. We've seen it a lot this year as well. I think it's becoming more and more common. You get the WhatsApp screenshot uh, that gets sent around and it's all taken as gospel. So look, I, I just think it's really important to emphasize that just because you see something in a group chat just because something is passed on to you just because someone says um, that it's from a reliable source and to be honest with you I've been sent that same thing on at least 40 occasions in the last three days and so far I have had three different players that have been nominated letting me know and three former players letting me know that they are the ones that 100% wrote this. So honestly, it is just Chinese whispers. It's spreading all over the place. We don't know what's true and what's not true. The facts that we do know... Sam Burgess uh, has already left the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which is a very, very interesting one. Um, to me, it just doesn't make sense to let Sam Burgess go when you are playing for your season, going into a bye week, uh, and then you've got a game against the Sydney Roosters, your arch rivals, uh, to win that game. And you've got one of your most inspirational characters that South Sydney's ever had in your building, and you let him go. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so... To that, it probably does point to that there are issues there. What the issues are, we're not sure. South Sydney are telling us that Sam obviously is going over to Warrington to coach there. He's got a baby on the way, and he is looking to focus on those things. 
Fair enough. Do I completely buy it? Probably not. Um, and I actually loved uh, Blake Solly, who's the CEO of South Sydney. He was on the front foot the other day talking to uh, the media and whatnot. And one of the journos literally said to him, mate, do you honestly believe us? Did you honestly think we're here to believe that? Uh, and I thought the way that Blake Solly handled it was really well. He was very straight and upfront. He didn't, he didn't, you know, hit them with a no comment or he didn't just move on to another question or anything. So I think that whatever drama is going on there, and there obviously is something, there's no hiding away from it. There is drama and South Sydney will obviously play it down, which I get 100%. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, South Sydney have probably handled this reasonably well, at least getting on the front foot with the media and whatnot. But there obviously is issues there. What the, what the issues are, I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of you know, accusations in the media about certain players being treated differently and whatnot. And I just I just want to really emphasize that we are not inside those four walls. Uh, we do not know what is happening and what is really occurring there. But it is just unbelievable where South Sydney have come from. In round 11, they were leading the competition. Yeah, they were in first place. They looked like they could genuinely compete for a premiership that year, this year. And people were sort of saying, geez, is this the team that can beat the Penrith Panthers? Can the Panthers handle this side? They'd already beaten them once earlier in the year, I believe, out at Bluebet. I was on a country tour that weekend. I remember watching it. Uh, or, or maybe they just lost them. They, they competed with them well and truly in that game. Anyway, I think it was round two, maybe round three or something like that. And people are going, oh, South Sydney, the real deal this year. Can they get it done? And, you know, honestly, round 11, I was sitting here going, fuck, maybe. Maybe they can. Uh, obviously, you know, they were playing some fantastic footy back then. And as, you know, the Panthers are a really bad example of it. But I think over the last, you know, over the eternity of rugby league, realistically, it has shown that it's very hard to play your best footy for over 20 weeks for an extended period. You want to sort of get hot at the right time of the year, which is why I think the Sharkies, the Newcastle Knights, these sort of sides, they're in a really good spot now because now they're starting to play their best footy. They're starting to really taper for the right time of the year. The South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Rabbitohs as a club, they have done this previously. We've seen it a few times where we get to Origin and South Sydney are high flying and they're absolutely killing it. Then they drop off in the back end. Now, obviously in round 11, you know, it was the same guys that were there. Yeah, it was the same coach. It was the same fullback. It was the same 5'8", it was the same hooker, it was the same halfback, it was the same two assistant coaches. They're winning, no dramas, nothing's being spoken about. They obviously completely shit the bed in the back end of the season. I think I read a stat, the other, I think Matty the Waterboy, sorry, told me a stat the other day that in the last 13 weeks or something, the only team with a worse record than South Sydney has been the West Tigers, and we've seen the shit fight that the West Tigers have found themselves in. So as you start to lose, more leaks come out. It's easier to write stories about certain teams, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think there is a factor of that within the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I do think that right now uh, they are a good story to tell. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a really good example, right? And I won't use the real numbers, but let's say, for example, on my podcast, uh, and these aren't the real numbers. I'm just trying to give you an example, and I'll sort of line them up to what the real numbers are. Let's say in an hour, my podcast has 100 people listen to it, right? On average, 100 people listen to it. Not the real numbers, but let's set that. The other night, when this Latrell Mitchell um, suspension thing broke that he was going to get one game in or out, um, the podcast was having a reasonably quiet day for me. I uploaded my thoughts on just the news from the day, which the headline was Latrell Mitchell and his suspension. Now, if in an hour I average 100, in that hour where I dropped that podcast, and that was a four-minute chat about Latrell Mitchell, which also included a chat about Aiden Caesar and a few other guys from around the league and what they're doing, Brad Schneider, et cetera, et cetera, 
My listens in that hour went from an average of 100 to about 2,000. It absolutely skyrocketed solely off the back of the name Latrell Mitchell. And this is the sort of attention and the sort of clicks that that Latrell Mitchell can get. And this is why you see so many of these news outlets constantly putting Latrell on the front page, you know, painting him as the villain, doing this, doing that. Um, obviously, on NRL 360 the other night, Brayton Astor went pretty hard at Latrell Mitchell. You can make up your mind if you think it was unfair, fair, whatever it might be. Personally, I don't think it was unfair at all. I don't think it was unfair at all. I think Braith raised some really, really good points, and this is stuff that we have been talking about with Latrell on Bloke and Abar for the last few years. I personally also believe Latrell is a, an exceptional talent who he, he, he can just... He he can break a game open at any moment. He can he can win a game from absolutely anywhere. But we saw the other night, he has those, the other afternoon, he has those brain explosions in him. We saw the plays that Braith highlighted, which are very disappointing. And he's had them in his game for a long time. And, you know, I saw the arguments of people, you know, people defending Latrell off the back of that game, um, saying, oh, he ran for 200 metres, what are you all talking about? And I mean, sure, but I'm sorry, bro, if you understand rugby league, you understand why he ran 200 metres in that game, because Newcastle kicked the ball to him every single time to make him run, to tire him out. That was their entire game plan. That was very, very evident from the start of the game. When do you ever see guys that are kicking from halfway and 40 metres out and just constantly kicking it in the air straight down the middle? Their entire game plan was built around kick the ball to Luttrell, make him return it out of his own end and try and gas him out. And you could see on those other plays that Braith highlighted, that was kind of working. He was too exhausted to get around the field, to be there in support plays, to 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 get there along the in goals. I mean... It's it's a good game plan, you know, and this is where Latrell Mitchell he might not be the, the fittest and the the, the most um, the most engaged fullback in the world, but then there's other things that Latrell can do that others simply can't, and he's shown that to us on many occasions. He's shown that to us in the state of origin already. You have a look at the series we've won over the last few years; they've all been Latrell heavy. The ones that we've lost is when Latrell hasn't been there. You've seen the two grand finals in 2018 and 2019, what Luttrell is capable of doing. You saw him pretty much end the career of Will Chambers. Will Chambers is one of the most talented centers I have ever seen. And a teenage Latrell Mitchell over a two-year period on the biggest stages in rugby league pretty much individually ended his career. Now... Do I think Latrell is better suited in the centres than at fullback? I did think that originally, but then the more I watched Latrell, the more I thought, you know what? Maybe fullback is his spot because he get, the way that he executes those three on threes and two on threes is just like no one else in rugby league. He's obviously a magician when it's two on three, but mate, the amount of times Latrell is able to execute on three on three and make it look like a two on three is simply incredible. The passing game that he has for a big guy is unbelievable. But there are other things in his game that I think Braith and Astor pointed out the other day that are seriously worth taking into consideration. I don't think they can be ignored. And once again, ran for a lot of metres the other day, but Newcastle kicked down his throat every single time, and that built a lot of his run metres off the back of that game. And Newcastle came in with a planned kick to Latrell, try and tire him out so that he can't hurt us as, as much at the other end of the field when he gets those attacking opportunities. And I'm sorry, but it worked a charm. It was fantastic gameplay by the Newcastle Knights there, by Adam Clune and by Tyson Gamble, and I would guess by Jackson Hastings from the sideline, that would have been their entire plan that entire game. So, that, you know, the, the, there are t- two sides to everything, and I get that 100%, but they definitely did try to gas Latrell in that game, and it worked, in my opinion. 
And there are other ways to take advantage of other players in rugby league. This isn't just a Latrell thing, which people always try and make it out like it is. It's not. It is how you take guys and you take them out of the game. The same thing was being done to Jared Hayne 10 years ago when he was on absolute fire. You kick the ball dead, you do whatever you had to do. We had Jamie Soward on the podcast the other day. Just said, hey, we needed to stop the momentum train that was Jared Hayne, so we just kick the ball dead. We do the same thing to Billy Slater. What the Newcastle Knights are doing, they can't do that anymore. So what they have to do is try and exhaust Latrell Mitchell by making him return the ball, get up off the ground and all that, and it works. It's how you play rugby league. It's what you do. It's the same reason why teams don't kick to Brian Toto because you want to keep the ball away from him. I just think that sometimes we do jump on the back of Latrell a little bit too much, but I also think that what Brace said the other night was fair, and there are things that Latrell needs to work on. I said it the other day. Obviously, that tackle at the end of the game, that comes from frustration. That comes from a lot of things playing on his mind. But at the end of the day, you are the superstar in that team. That team needs you to be able to win a comp. A few years ago, that they weren't, they didn't have you in finals. They went all the way to the grand final. Potentially, a guy like Latrell and his X-Factor could have been the difference there. I think, I think it was smart by Latrell Mitchell and the South Sydney Rabbitohs to cop that one-game uh, one suspension. Hopefully, for the South Sydney fans, they are able to beat the Sydney Roosters in the last week. But Jesus, when you watch how this is all playing out, and by the way, I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a team get so much attention in a bye week. It is unbelievable. Normally, bye weeks, there's nothing on that weekend. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Normally, they are the quietest weeks of the season for certain for, for teams. Unless, of course, someone goes away that weekend, someone gets on the drink that weekend, does something stupid. Instead, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, everything's exploded during a bye week, which is just about unheard of in rugby league. It is insane. And that's what I don't understand when you've got the bye leading into a game to decide your season. Why not just wait? Your season might have three weeks at best to go. Your season might have one game to go. Why not? I, I just it, it does show that there is something that has gone horribly wrong there at the South Sydney Rabbitohs for them not to be able to get in a room and go, hey, this is a shit fight. We've got one more game of football to go, potentially two, potentially three, potentially four. And if it's four, everything's resolved because we're winning again. If it's one or two wins, all of a sudden everything's resolved again. But right now we have got 12 days to prepare to play our biggest rivals in rugby league for a place in the NRL finals for 2023, and they can't hold it together. It just seems bizarre, and obviously Sam Burgess has been the guy that has left, you know, and the the, the, the Rabbitohs have put out their reasoning for that. I haven't really heard from Sam yet or what his reasoning is. I would assume that Sam will stay reasonably quiet because he probably doesn't want to put the entire team off uh, for the final series, but... Something has gone seriously wrong at the South Sydney Rabbitohs from the last few months, and I'm I'm not going to dive into the details that are in that text and the details that have been floating around group chats and whatnot because we don't know if any of it is true. Everyone's everyone's taking it like it's gospel and it's all 100% correct, and it might be. I'm not saying it's not. It might be, but we just don't know yet. And there, I, I, ju- I just and and you know, it's been the same old story on a number of occasions, especially this year. Group chats go around, things pop around. Everyone believes it as gospel. Everyone says this must be fact because we saw it in a group chat, and this guy told me it was a reliable source that said it. And then you know, it comes out that maybe it's not all true, or maybe there's more to that story. But does anyone take responsibility for that? No, nah, it's just we just move on to the next thing, which I personally don't think is overly fair on South Sydney, Jason Demetrio. Sam Burgess, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Damien Cook, all these guys that have popped up in these group chats. 
There's the really interesting one, and and you know this one I can talk about because it's factual. Um, that the 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 comment that was liked by Jason Demetrio, who he has come out and said and said to his players that that was completely accidental. He didn't even mean to do it. And I know people will doubt that and whatever, but Jesus, I mean, if I look at Jason Demetrio being the guy he is, the age he's at, fuck. If my dad was looking at something and accidentally liked it and didn't realize, I I, I could honestly believe that. And from what I know of JD and my few experiences with JD, which is just a couple of conversations, he did me a favor during the year, which I really appreciated, and he couldn't have given me enough time. I just don't think he's the sort of guy that would go on Instagram and like a comment bagging one of his players, who, by the way, was Jacob Host. Now, I'm not the biggest Jacob Host fan in the world. Would I pick him in my team? No, I wouldn't. But I'll give you the hot tip who consistently fucking does. JD, he obviously believes in Jacob Host. So... I genuinely do think that him liking that comment, which is factual. I have seen the comment. I saw the comment this week. Not a picture of the comment. I went and found it myself, looked at it, and there is a like from Jason Demetrio's page. And I cannot believe we're overanalyzing someone liking an Instagram post. But I think it is worth talking about it in the modern day. You might not think it's relevant, but it probably is. But I genuinely believe that that was an accident by JD. I think that's a bit of a generational sort of thing there. And I just, I, I don't believe that Jason Demetrio would do that. I, one, I, I know he's not stupid enough to do that. And two, it just makes no sense. If he didn't like Jacob Host, why would he pick him from round one? Why would he move Jai Arrow into the middle rotation to accommodate Jacob Host on that edge? And look, Jacob Host hasn't been fantastic. I, I don't think he's an incredibly good footballer. I think he's solid, but he wouldn't be my first choice back rower on that edge. But he's done enough for JD to consistently pick him. If he thought he was shit or shouldn't be there, he wouldn't pick him. It is very, very evident that he simply would not pick him there. I just, it, there's just so many things in those texts that I think people read them and they go, this is factual, this has to be it. But if you just take a step back and think about some of the things that were said in there, they're just idiotic. And some of the things that were said, you know, quoted by players and whatnot, it just makes no sense. It's just not reality. There was things in there about a player playing a per certain position when it's blatantly obvious they're not playing that certain position. I just think sometimes we get a hold of these texts and we just want to believe what is sent our way and we want to buy into it. And I'm sure there are some truths in there somewhere. But you can't just take all rogue information from a group chat from someone because they say, oh, solid source. As I said at the start, the solid source that this text has come from, I've been told it's four different former players that wrote this themselves originally. People have got no idea at the end of the day where it has come from, but we believe it like it's gospel then in a few months' time, the truth will come out or the truths and some of the falses will be revealed and we'll just move on and take no accountability for it. And it's just not really fair. Let this season play out. Let's see what South Sydney can do. Let's see what moves they make in the off-season. Then we can probably clear all this, work it all out. But at the end of the day, what has happened here is that South Sydney were first at the end of round 11. They were an absolute shit-in to play NRL finals this year. They were pretty much a shit-in to play top four footy this year. And then week by week, it has started to fall apart. Whatever reasons you believe for that occurring, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but we don't know anything for fact just yet. The facts we know is that Sam Burgess has left. That's going to be a big loss for the South Sydney club, depending on where Sam Burgess sit on this. I think a lot of people are sort of looking at JD and going, he, he must be the villain, which maybe he is. Maybe he is, but we don't know that for sure. You are hearing one side of the story and, you know, depending on who's producing that story and what angle they're pushing, you, you can believe many different things. I personally don't think this is the angle, but I've heard a lot of people also make the point that, hey, you know, you've got Braith and Astor jumping on here, bagging Latrell Mitchell. Jeez, who does he manage? He manages 
Lockie Elias. And I don't actually believe that's what Braith is saying, but there is people that are pointing that out there. And you've got to understand that whilst you may look at Braith and go, oh, hold on, he's got an agenda. So does everyone else putting out these conversations. So does the South Sydney Club. So does the journos writing about it. And as soon as they bring in, you know, Latrell Mitchell's name, they get a heap more clicks, which is what they want to do at the end of the day. We don't know what the facts are. That is my main point. South Sydney, they are in one hell of a hole at the moment. And based on how they're going right now and all this controversy, I'm not sure if they will beat the Roosters next week, which is crazy to consider that, considering where the Bunnies were 10 weeks ago, where the Roosters were five weeks ago. Uh, it is insane to think about it. It's a, it's a Bunnies home game. They're going to be without Latrell. Blake Taft probably comes in. Uh, you know, J- James Tedesco may not feature for the Sydney Roosters. We'll have to see. But it is just insane how this season has played out. And hopefully... This group of South Sydney players that we were looking at 10 weeks ago going, wow, Latrell, Johnston, Campbell Graham, Cody Walker, Jai Arrow, Damien Cook, Coleman Tungy, Cam Murray, all these absolute stars, you know, Tavita Tull, all these absolute stars, Jack White arriving next year. Hopefully they can keep it together because once Jackie Boy arrives next year and he's sitting on that left edge, they are going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch in the NRL but if they look over at the West Tigers and realise that if they don't have the front office and everything behind the scenes sorted, you simply can't be successful, and that's the reality of it. I really do hope that JD, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, all the playing group and everything are able to sort this out because they are such an entertaining team to watch when they are going well, and rugby league is going better when the South Sydney Rabbitohs are doing well. But at the moment... There is so much water to go under this bridge and we just don't know where it's going to end. So apologies to those who were hoping for me to rag on people and share opinions based on these wild rumours getting around. I'm not going to do that because I don't think it's fair on the players, the coach or the club or the people surrounding it. Just wait and see how this plays out. The Rabbitohs, they've now got two weeks to prepare for a clash against the Sydney Roosters, which is a must-win game for them. They have no choice but to win that game if they want to play finals footy. Let's see what the South Sydney Rabbitohs are willing to do for their coach, JD. I think you'll be. I think we'll have a clearer picture of where the players sit depending on their performance against the Sydney Roosters in two weeks' time.